The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, general stats, or fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Uh, the it, fancier our stats get, the more general our shenanigans get. <laughs> it is January 21st, and this is our 64th podcast. Things I When I'm 64. Did not look up which kind, which number of podcasts this is, but rest uh, assured, by the time you see it, you will have a correct number on the podcast. So. I'm pretty sure that you are correct. Um, no, this is 65. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, 64 was our star-studded podcast. Nice. Uh, yep. Very excited about that. So, we have a lot on the docket today, and we have a lot of questions today, and I, I hope, uh... We recently got some buzz for our podcast by yeah. uh, thanks to Craig Custance of The Athletic, who uh, belatedly realized he had included zero women in his uh, podcast recommendations article, and uh, he has apparently listened to our podcast before, which is kind of funny and strange because we are the least serious podcast probably on the hockeyverse. And uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to feature you guys if you want. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say no, but I also... I mean, who says no to that? But also, please take our take our podcast with, like, maybe six grains of salt. Yeah, so, like, uh, if you're new to the podcast, like, welcome, uh, friend. We're glad to have you. But also, um, uh, we're just going to set the bar really low for all of the other podcasts that you probably listen to. <laughs> uh, we Basically. have two very exciting updates though I am extremely excited uh, and you might be already t- able to tell already Marin has her new mic yay thanks to all of our listeners for making that possible we really appreciate you it was so funny like I got onto the call with her and I was like oh my god <laughs> the quality uh, and two uh, I'm trying out some new audio recording software which hopefully will make this whole process a little bit better sounding um and if it all gets fucked up well that's the software's fault and totally not mine definitely not user error definitely the hard software so fingers crossed on that i guess do we want to get into podcast um what yeah let's get into the podcast i'm sorry <laughs> it's all good i got distracted by a bondage chicken I want to know, but I also don't want to know. I'm, I will tell you later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the stars are doing really well. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't figure out a transition, just, you know, plunge straight forward, awkwardly, just barrel through that wall. Barrel on through. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, so the stars are totally doing really, really well. Um, They just completed a road trip. um, And in my uh, excellent foresight where I got all this new fun audio stuff going, I didn't actually look up the record. (laughs) But they just got done with a road trip. They won 
three out of four and then lost in a shootout uh, to see yeah yeah so they got um they got not, uh seven out of an eight possible points yeah and um so that's pretty much as good as you can ask for on the road and they are uh in their last i mean were you wanting to know their current standings or their current I, record I, got it. I pulled it up i got it you, you say you stalled enough for my my internet to load there. oh you're welcome yeah which actually that... i actually already had it pulled up <laughs> so thanks to that road trip our away record is now 11 11 and 3 which it used to be lopsided uh in the wrong direction yep. um yep. and we are 7 2 and 1 on our of our last 10 which is fantastic capped off by an absolute schlacking of buffalo at buffalo uh seven to one i was not prepared for the number of afternoon games they were going to play during that road trip (laughs) at all no it was absurd two out of their four games were played at noon (laughs) i was just like wait what yeah i really wasn't expecting monday i had signed up to do that recap because i was just assuming it would be at nighttime and it was not at nighttime (laughs) that's actually the one i got to see because i um we had gotten a lot of ice that night, and so I was like, you know uh-huh. what? I'm just going to work from home. And so I was, like, sitting there, like, doing my PowerPoints and, like, watching the game on one <laughs> screen. And it was uh, – I actually got to see that game, which was amazing, except I didn't get to see Tyler Sagan's overtime winner because I had an actual, like, work call thing to do. Oh, that's funny because I actually – I did end up watching parts of that game while I was at work, but – and so, like – when he scored that OT winner, I, I definitely did like jumped up at my desk and everybody was like, and I'm like, yeah, are you okay? <laughs> yes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say though, despite the stars having such a really good record right now, they are still in the first wild card spot because everybody else is winning too in the central. Yeah. yeah. Which, Except when... for the Blackhawks. Except for the Blackhawks. Which, to be fair, if there was a team I wanted to lose the most, it would be the Blackhawks. But did that brings us to kind of a weird situation where we're in, is everybody in the Central is doing really, really well. Like, uh, So the Stars are 7-2-1, and one, but so is in their last 10. So is Nashville. So is Winnipeg. And the Colorado Avalanche, who are in the second wildcard spot, are 9-1-0 and one and no, oh, in their last 10. They have won nine straight. What the f- What the fuck? <laughs> Who told the Avalanche they were allowed? Right? Like, in fact, I'm actually like, they're probably a little miffed. Like, I know they were going to be better, right? But they were going to be... It Like, here's the thing. The Avs are probably not a good enough team right now to actually do anything in the playoffs. So if they end up making the playoffs, then all they've done is put themselves in a worse position to draft. Now that said, like, I mean, there are advantages to making the playoffs that are not like, like revenue based, right? Like you get a lot more games, you make more money, people come see the team, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I know for the Avs, like for the last couple of years, because they've been so bad, especially last year, they definitely were in a bad position as far as that's concerned. But, like, also, they were going to be a lottery team. Like, they may not have been the worst team in the league this year, but they were they were expected to be a lottery team. And now if they're a bubble team or a playoff team, that means that they're not going to be drafting in the top five. They're probably going to be drafting 10 or 12 or, you know, 15. Sure. And that's 
a, f- a much different quality of player, typically, than you get. Like, the top five is generally a guarantee that they will be an NHLer. You're not a guarantee in that 10-12 range where the stars have been drafting <laughs> pretty much for the last couple of years. That is the case. You are correct. So I have to ask, with the with the Central being so good, who do you think is actually going to be the winner of the Central? Like, we're only four points behind Nashville at this point. Granted, Nashville has some games in hand. They have three games in hand. Um, honestly, like, I just don't know. But if you um, had to, like, put money on it, like, just throw a dollar on it. I'm going to throw a dollar on the Preds staying ahead. They have games in hand on everybody, except the Avalanche, and the Avalanche aren't patching them. Yeah. So right now, if the playoffs started... I mean, they have four games in hand on the Blues. If the playoffs started right now, we would be playing the Preds. Yeah. I like your chances against them. Do you? Sure. Why not? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if there's anybody else. Here. I, I would think I would rather play the play the Preds than the win it, than the Jets. I would rather play. Okay, I would rather play the Predators than the Avalanche. <laughs> right. If we had to play a playoff series at the Pepsi Center, we uh... would. I mean, it would just depend on who got to go first because we would beat them in our arena and they would beat us in theirs. Yeah. And I'd rather not play the Jets because. I don't really feel like we have been performing well against the Jets recently either. We have not. So I'd rather play the Blues or the Predators if we're going to play. If we're gonna ha- I mean, I would really honestly rather play the Blackhawks because we seem to spank them every time. <laughs> but but currently everybody's spanking the Blackhawks and they are last in the Central. the Blackhawks are just getting spanked by everyone. Um, did you see the uh, Central di- or the gold differential by NHL divisions that the Dallas Stars account tweeted out? Yes. Uh, this was yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's fucking ridiculous is all I'm going to say. If you guys have not seen this, the um, Dallas Stars tweeted out uh, the gold differential for NHL divisions. And the Metro is minus nine. The Pacific is minus 43. The Atlantic is minus 55. And the fucking Central is plus 107. Literally every team in the Central, including the Blackhawks, has a positive goal differential. If you wanted to know which division is still the murder-death-kill division, it's definitely the fucking Central. (laughs) We took a year off and came back stronger than ever. (laughs) Came back strong. Came back roaring with a vengeance. Yeah, it's a little little ridiculous. A little ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, there we are. (sighs) My God. Right above that tweet... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is the tweet where they quote tweeted the NHL network about the guys that might take them the North trophy <laughs> where they said, John Klingerick has three assists today. It's plus four and has a 10 point lead in the NHL defense and scoring and is third in assists for all skaters. Go stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how salty they are about him not being included because it really speaks to the salt in my heart for the NHL not uh, remotely including somebody who should be winning anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's so awful. Like, even though, like, I read all these, like, I read a lot of writers, even stats-based writers, right? He stills coming in like, oh, and Klingberg could be included. And I'm that like, makes how, me is, so how angry. is this? 
how is this a could be conversation? How is this the narrative that you all have concocted in your minds for this? This is stupid. Without John Klingberg, the Stars defense would be useless. Not like useless. The Stars defense would still probably defend pretty well because we have Ken Hitchcock and Ken Hitchcock has done a good job putting together a structure for the team to follow. But Mm -hmm. our transition play and our power play would be completely useless. Like it would just be so it would like four guys flailing on the ice. Mm -hmm. uh, He's so important to how the team functions that like, I just can't believe he's being so overlooked like this. Like it's just, and I know it's Homerism. Like I know it's a little bit Homerism, but at the same time, anybody who actually watches him play is like, holy shit. This guy's so I good. Mean, it's a little bit Homerism, but it's also a little bit like the fact that people are overlooking him just because he's from the West. Like, it's a little ridiculous. Or like, I don't even know if it's just because he's from the West or if it's because, like Taylor said on the last podcast, he's not playing 27, 28 minutes a night. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's cool that other people play 27, 28 minutes a night, but John Klingberg's outscoring them at 23 minutes a night. Yeah, like, I don't Shouldn't really that be like a more, me. like that should carry more weight because he's doing it with less time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Stars defense, I have a little bit of a bug, a bee in my bonnet. I was going to say bug in my bonnet, but I guess that's not really the phrase. Uh, so Julius Honka has been scratched the last two games, uh, which has prompted a couple of reader questions. First and foremost, uh, Shani asks, why does, uh, Hitchcock hate Julius Honka? Um, because he's small. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have to think that's it. Because he's small and fast and that's not the game that Hitchcock likes. Which is stupid because that's the direction the entire NHL is going, but Hitchcock is old and stuck in his ways. Probably a Slytherin. I was just going to say he's like the Horace Slughorn. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying he's like Voldemort Slytherin. I'm saying he's Horace Slughorn Slytherin. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm the same. Like, he's not evil. And like I said, he's done a very good job with our defense and and Mm -hmm. structure and things like that, but he's very set in his ways and doesn't seem to be able to change. But for me, the whole Honka thing is a symptom of a little bit larger problem. Did you know Greg Patteron and Dan Hamhuse as a pair are getting the same amount of minutes as Asa Lindell and John Klingberg? No. Per game? Our second, our second pair, which I'm making air quotes when I say second, are getting the same minutes as our top pair. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me as a concept. No. Why would you give... So, I mean, I don't think there's a person on Earth who would say that Greg Patteron and Dan Hamhuis have the talent level that John Klingberg has. No. Yet, we're giving them the same amount of time on ice as the most talented defenseman on the roster. And so what I think this actually means, and is that the Honka thing is a, is a symptom of, of the same thing, right? So he 
Yulia Sonka has been scratched for um, a rookie named Dylan Hetherington. And Hetherington was brought in as part of the Lori Korpakowski trade from Columbus last year. Thank you, Lori Korpakowski, for doing something right. right. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you better now that you're not on our team. So much better. <laughs> anyway, so he's, I mean, and he's done fine. Like, there's nothing to really be upset about with Dylan Hetherington's performance, either against CBJ or against... Um, Buffalo, which again, we lost in a shootout to CBJ, but Hetherington had 13 minutes in that game and positive shot results. And we blew the fuck out of Buffalo. Like they weren't even on the ice. No, they weren't. I would. Did they even play? <laughs> Signs like, saying were they they, definitely... I didn't get to watch it, so I'm just curious. Were they actually there? I mean, maybe in body, but not in spirit. <laughs> I think that must be the case. Like, I think it was like one of those situations where the puppeteer is just like, lets the strings go slack on the marionettes type situations. Um, I mean, that, that I would, I would just be embarrassed to be a Buffalo fan today. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, anyway, so like, there's nothing you can really complain about with Hetherington and Hetherington's performance. However, um, Noting that, so if you remember, can you tell me why uh, Yulius Honko was scratched at the beginning of the season? What the like official reasoning was? No, they wanted him to play more like conservative defense, right? Oh, is that the reason? I've, that was I've, like the official it's reason. Honestly, Carolyn, so much has happened since then. The fact <laughs> that you just asked me to remember that is ridiculous. But, okay. uh, no, I didn't remember that at all. Okay, well, so the official reason was they wanted him to, like, learn to be more defensive and, you know, not take so many risks and whatever, or whatever. Anyway, fast forward to the Buffalo game when they're asked about, uh, I don't remember exactly who asked about it, but the quote about Yahanka being scratched prior to the game was, we we just want to see him be less conservative and get more back to being more of a Julius Honka type that we expected. That just makes me angry. So in the beginning of the year, they scratched him for not being conservative and playing like he plays, which we have had three years in the AHL to see and understand. And then now they're scratching him because he's not playing like that. Because you drummed it out of him so that he could get playing time. That just makes me mad. That just makes me so mad. That is so dumb. Which all just goes to show you that Hitchcock has a specific idea of what defense is. And Honka doesn't fit it. Even though I mean, there's no evidence. to be fair, our defense is better this year. Yeah. But... I don't think it should be at the cost of, like, the development of the future of our defensive score if we keep him around. Well, and it shouldn't also be at the cost of offense. Like, no. Greg Patteron and Dan Hamhuis, like we have said many a time, I looked up the numbers this time, it is a net loss of three shots per hour for the Dallas Stars to have Patteron and Hamhuis on the ice instead of Klingberg and Lindell. Mm. They, they need to be specialized. They need to be a shutdown pair instead of an all-the-goddamn-time yeah. pair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that's 
that's what gets me. That's what gets me that I'm just so like up in arms about it. And so now, and God, and I guarantee you that if Hitch- if if Hitchcock could, he'd scratch John Klingberg. I think he. Oh would. yeah. Oh yeah. Because there's no way John Klingberg is. There's no way that John Klingberg fits his idea of what a good defenseman should be. No way. He's, on, he's like 185 pounds soaking wet. There's no way Hitchcock would have him on his team if he had the choice. None. I am now going to look up exactly how many pounds he reports in at. <laughs> I really am looking this up right now. Oh, I believe you. I know you're fact-checking. He is <laughs> 177 pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's adorable. So, he's 25 years old. We're, you're so old now, my little tiny child. I know. I know. Can you believe we picked him fifth round? What the hell? I know. Well, I mean, we gotten lucky a little couple times. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Jamie Ben. Exactly. <laughs> so, related to this whole discussion... Andrew uh-huh. L.A. asks, would Hitch demand that Eric Carlson play third pair minutes if we traded Honka for him? Um, I mean, probably. How much does Eric Carlson weigh? <laughs> I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Don't Eric worry. Carlson is heavier than... Oh, than... yeah. Of course. I'm going to guess 198. You were close, but she went over. Ah, uh, 195? 191. Oh, Wow. Yeah, lean muscle on Eric Carlson. Lean muscle on that one. I wonder how much his hair weighs. I mean, that's probably that one pound. He's probably one ninety <laughs> plus a pound of hair. Yeah, plus a pound of hair and pomade. <laughs> I mean, seems how legit much, to me. How much does Jamie Ben weigh if you take out his pomade? Oh my god! I mean, probably two hundred pounds. <laughs> What is he right wearing? Now he's, he's clocking in at 209 <laughs> normally. So um, I would say he's probably at 200 without all the pomade. Uh, how if much? He shaved off the beard, got away with the beard, got the beard oil out, and then, you know, the pomade out of the hair, that he's probably 200. How much Solid. do you think Jordy Ben would weigh without his beard? Oh. Probably also 200 pounds. Because <laughs> he doesn't have hair right now. So it's all, I mean. It oh, is all beard. He's, uh, so he and Jamie used to be the same same weight. But this year, apparently, he weighed in at 198. <gasps> he's under 200. What? I know. That's crazy. I know. I know. He and Jamie Ben were literally the exact same weight for a couple of years there. So now he, apparently, this year he weighed in at 198. So now I'm saying 190. Wow. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, he's becoming his own person in more than one way. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I'm, that's like rocked my world a little bit that Jordy Ben clocked in under 200 pounds. He's I'm such a big too. dude. Me too, dude. I'm really shocked by this. I'm really, I like, they weighed the same weight for like five years. I'm really weirded out by this. Oh, that's strange. Hello. Excuse me. I've got to go report this to Twitter. (laughs) Twitter break. 
Okay. Faded. Excellent. Excellent. So one thing I'm sure everybody probably saw on Twitter uh, was the NHL announced their uh, entertainment or intermi- intermission entertainment for the uh, NHL All-Star game. Are we really using the word entertainment here? Because there's uh, fucking nothing entertaining about that, dude. It was what was in the press release. So <laughs> feel free to imagine your own quotes around those. Fair enough, I will. Uh, so if you didn't see, Kid Rock is apparently who they decided to go with this year. No, thanks. Yeah, Kid Rock of the Confederate flag. Why is everything so gay fame? Who contemplated running for office on homophobic and racist agendas? Who thinks that Donald Trump is the best and has been to visit his White House several times? And who still probably hasn't washed his hair since he was 15. So I was Googling um, the NHL standings and like the first NHL stories that popped up are, of course, about this fucking thing. And ESPN has reported that the NHL is aware of the backlash over Kid Rock and is standing by their decision. They don't oh, give a shit. They don't give two shits. Like, no. it is, It is so blatantly obvious with this move that they are willing to pander specifically to their white 40-something ba- male base. Yeah. At the expense of anybody else who might be potentially getting into hockey. It's... The staggering hubris of this league league is just... It's mind-boggling sometimes. Yeah. It is. Because not only did they announce Kid Rock at the All-Star Game... The next day, they followed it up with tweets talking about Willie O'Ree and how Willie O'Ree deserves to be honored for breaking the color barrier in hockey. Mm-hmm. And, like, the complete tone deafness of this. It, I, it's like the Kendall Jenner pepsi commercial where she's like oh pepsi stops police violence type situation you know what i mean it's like oh we'll 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 invite a racist to play at our nhl all-star game and we'll we'll after the backlash like still support that but also hey look black people can play in the nhl gross so jen asks Will the NHL ever get over their racism enough to put Willie O'Ree in the Hockey Hall of Fame? And follows it up with, speaking of racism, Kid Rock can go fuck himself. Which we agree. Speaking of racism, I completely agree that Kid Rock can go fuck himself. Speaking about, I mean, Willie O'Ree, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I would hope, I would hope they can get the fuck over themselves. But I think that time and time again has proven that they can't. So I don't know. I would hope so. I think knowing that the NHL loves a good symbolic gesture with nothing actually behind it, I could see them putting him in next year. Mm-hmm. 
especially since it's starting to like really take on a life of people are like, why the fuck isn't Willie O'Ree in the Hockey Hall of Fame if you're going to keep promoting him and flashing him around like the token Mm -hmm. uh, that he really is to you guys. So I could see them doing something symbolic, like putting him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. um, And trotting out that for whenever it's Hockey is for Everyone Week or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't ever see them making any changes that would actually be meaningful for the sport at least not while Gary Bettman's in charge right and that really makes me very sad like I think part of it I think this is kind of I've had to like really reclaim my time from hockey just as a a person who has a lot going on but also like it's starting to really make me not want to watch hockey because like there's there we give a lot of money to this league and we don't ask a whole lot of them like to have that money other than just to be like, okay, we'd like an entertaining product. That is helpful, right? Like that's important. When the stars are entertaining, I like watching them better. Mm-hmm. But also like a little bit of like decency would be nice every once in a while. And it's like constantly, anytime you ask the, you can, there's a situation where this, the NHL has to make a choice of like be a good person type decision or don't they tend to take the don't hand because that's the hand that's easy to do it's even more disappointing in the whole in the face of the whole like of the not like i don't want to say like in the face of me too and the whole revolution like not it's not even really a revolution like the wake of everything that's coming out in hollywood and like all of these stories that are that are finally getting told and all these people that are finally getting outed as being abusers and horrible people and like nothing is rocking the NHL world. Like, Literally nothing's nothing. changing. Literally nothing is happening. And it's just really frustrating. Me too. Every, hockey is for everyone. And also Patrick Kane is the face of the league. Right. <laughs> and also we regret not putting him on the cover of the NHL 15 or 16 or whatever year that was that they took him off. Wait, like, they actually said they regret event. that? And can also go fuck yourself. What? They said they were... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a thing that happened. Oh, God. Ugh, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Fuck all of them. (sighs) I know. It's really disappointing. So... I'm just going to barrel right through this transitional wall. Uh, Do you want to talk about happy things? (laughs) Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just kind of bounced off of that one. (laughs) Yeah. um... A little less Kool-Aid Moyen, a little more, uh, what is that guy? Uh, Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go first with the happy thing? Oh, man. Well, I mean, as a rule, I've had a really, really good week, actually. (laughs) So, uh... First and foremost, uh, I finished tiling my floor in the kitchen. Actual floor in the kitchen. And that sh- if I, if this other thing hadn't happened, then that would be my happy thing for the week. However, so uh, as you know, I work for a educational company type dealio. And we are uh, prepping for a new ad campaign and part of this ad campaign has to do with like scientists and quotes and about from scientists about science or whatever. So anyway, so I've been reading a bunch of biographies of scientists, just like Wikipedia type stuff. 
And my favorite part about this has been finding some of these secondary characters in these scientists' lives. And uh, so my happy thing this week was learning about uh, Nicolas Fascio de Duye, uh, Nicolas, and, uh, who was Swiss. And he is um, a scientist and better, best known for being a watchmaker and making some major improvements to watchmaking. But he was the, uh, what, what do they call him? He was Isaac Newton's gal pal. Nice. Um, and he's just fucking fascinating. So uh, he started, like, he, he basically got into the, the spotlight because um, his landowning family ended up being friends with this, like, outcast prince or something like that. And he was, this is like the sixteen mid-1600s, right? Okay. And so uh, he came to live with them and he had a plot to kidnap uh, William Duke of Orange, who was going to then marry into the English family or whatever, whatever, so that he could like take back his power or whatever. Well, Duye, de Duye uh, went and he was young at this time. He was like 20. He told this to de Duye and de Duye was like, hmm. I'm not down for that. So he went and tattled on him. And this is, and he ended up becoming, uh, you know, being basically rewarded with, you know, prestige and whatever for doing that. And because he did that, he had the patronage of uh, some pretty powerful people. No, no, but some pretty powerful people. And he went over to England and because he wanted to study science and math and all of that. And so he became a part of the big Royal Society uh, in England of all these very, very famous scientists, including Isaac Newton. So he met Isaac Newton when he was 25 and Newton was in his 40s. And it was, the relationship is very, very, like, no one talks about it. Like, he's, like, so, like, unknown to history at this point. But they lived together for four years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, according to popular myth... Newton died a virgin. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so this Duye figure, he's living with Isaac Newton, and Isaac Newton basically, like, kind of got him into alchemy and stuff like that, and, like, they started to, like, grow apart, and after, and they had a sudden and abrupt end to their friendship in 1693. And, um... Who broke whose heart? I don't know. We don't know. So anyway, so they stopped hanging out together. And part of the reason they stopped hanging out together was that Duye got involved with this um, group, this religious group that said they could like raise the dead and spoke in tongues and all of this kind of stuff. And not only was it, you know, fucking batshit, but at the time, because it was the 1600s, that was heresy. Yes, and it so, was. He basically I like the way was... that you said it almost like it was a question. <laughs> no, but it was a thing. So he was sentenced to be, uh, what is that called? Pilloried. And yeah. he was basically going to be beaten to death by a mob. But uh, one of his powerful friends stepped in. But Newton did not because they had had such a bad breakup. Uh, I'm sorry, end their friendship. Anyway, so they never really spoke again. They were they had they exchanged a few letters back and forth or whatever, but eventually uh Didier 
ended up inventing this new kind of pin for watches made out of jewel, like, made out of ruby, which allowed them to be a lot more precise. And he sent two of the watches, those very new inventions that he made, to Isaac Newton. And then, uh, because again, Isaac Newton was much older than he was, about 20 years older, when Newton passed away, Dedouillet helped his brother-in-law write his epitaph. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I mean, this is just crazy life of this dude that you don't really get to see hear much about. Like, there's no, like, official biographies about him. And... Like, almost everything we know about him, we know from, like, learning about Isaac Newton. And it's crazy. But, yeah, like, so that's my happy thing, is, like, learning about this great, like, love story that happened. Because they clearly had feelings for each other, like, the whole life, or his whole life. Like, you wouldn't send, like, somebody you hated a fucking watch that you invented. Probably not, no. I, Unless it was a fuck you gift. <laughs> Pretty sure it wasn't a fuck you gift. Listen, I bet that our listeners had no idea that they were logging on for Science Hour with uh, Carolyn and Marin because my happy thing is the fact that I got to see Neil deGrasse Tyson this week. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, on Wednesday night, I drove down to San Antonio um, because he was doing a talk at the Tobin Center. And um, yeah, it was a two-hour talk about uh, cosmic collisions. But it started with him. So he he does a he does a PowerPoint. Not I mean it's probably a PowerPoint presentation, but whatever. There are slides, and so the first slide that he put up was uh, <laughs> he was like, "I just have to get this out of the way, y'all." And he touches the the computer, and the slide comes up, and it just says Pluto in really big word letters. And then he put, t- touches it again, and it just says underneath, "Get over it." <laughs> And then he touches the computer again, and the next slide says, no, really? Get over it? (laughs) And I was like, listen, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'll fucking get over it when I damn well please. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, so he was talking about cosmic collisions. He was talking about, like, uh, meteors and, like, what happens when galaxies collide, what happens when uh, black holes combine, which is what will happen when Andromeda and the Milky Way eventually run into each other. Um, and it was almost a little frustrating because I was like, excuse me, non-scientist here, I have some follow-up questions. But it wasn't a lecture, really, in a college setting, so I could not ask my questions at the end or sign up for his office hours. I just had to go home and try to Google the answer to my questions, and I don't know how to Google it. So, so far, I still don't know the answer to the questions that I left with. But uh, they were it was a really interesting talk. He was very, very, he's a fun dude to listen to. And I was really delighted by the fact that he does his talk in uh, his stocking feet. He doesn't wear shoes at all it was pretty funny uh but yeah he was a funny dude uh it was hilarious because he made fun of uh texas and what a red state we are and i thought that was a bold choice like straight out the gate um but he did note that both texas i'm sorry both san antonio and and austin went blue in the last election and he was like nice to see that the areas of higher learning are uh coming around (laughs) (laughs) i was like yep it's basically the big cities in the valley. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where that's where all the blue is in this state. 
But um, yeah, it was fun. He was a really cool dude. And he ended the entire talk with a um, slide that just said, we are all stardust. And I was like, yes, yes, we are. That's such a nice sentiment to continue to, to talk about. So yeah, it was fun. It was a great time. Yay. And I had so much fun. Good, 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 good. All right, we have like a billion reader questions. So I'm going to just do. go ahead and kick us off. Okay. Or you can if you want. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So Alex Russo asks, what's the deal with Richie? He's got surprisingly good possession stats at a quick glance. Is he an ideal fourth liner? I'm going to go yes on that second, that question, because I don't know the answer to the first yet, and I haven't seen his possession stats recently. Holy shit. He does have surprisingly good possession stats. He, he does. He's a 59.37 Corsi 4 percentage. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> did you know that five on five, he has as many goals as Jason Spezza? I did. Are you looking at the same list I'm looking no, at? No, I just, I, I had looked at that previously. I knew. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I think Brett Ritchie is particularly frustrating this year because, like, I mean, Meredith and I, have, we've watched him since he was a baby rookie. Baby rookie baby, Brett Ritchie? Baby rookie Brett Ritchie. And so we always kind of liked his his moxie. And, I mean, we saw him in the AHL, too. And he's always had a pretty good shot. So I think it's a little bit frustrating to see his shooting percentage as low as it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't expect Brett Ritchie to only have three goals at 5 on 5 this year. You know what I mean? Right. Especially since he has gotten time up on those top lines. But, I mean... What he's doing is clearly working. That's the best Corsi on the team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, as long as... I think my thing is that, like, he's probably used to being the net front guy. And with so many people that we have on the team right now that are kind of in that same vein, like with Martin Hansel, for instance, mm-hmm. he's gotten a little bit out of that that role and so maybe him being on that fourth line allows him to be the net front guy more so than like the carry-in guy or the setup right. guy or anything like that. So that might actually work out really well for everybody. And I mean, having somebody with good possession stats on the fourth line is always a good thing. So sure. Right. I'm down. Let's do it. Cool. I am also down. Jason of Damn It Jason fame um, asks, when dealing with Norris discussion and someone asks to trade Klingberg, is the proper response to cut out their tongue, eject them into the sun, rip out their fingernails? Or is there a more appropriate and polite response? I think the answer is all of the above. (laughs) I think you should cut their tongue, rip their fingernails, and then eject them into the sun. Like, listen, honestly and truly, without violence, if somebody says to you, to your face, that the only solution to make the stars better is to trade John Klingberg. It is okay for you to just never talk to them again because you don't need that kind of stupid in your life. And like somebody that says that in all seriousness is just dumb. Those are, so here's probably what I would recommend doing. Be like, Hmm. Okay. Hey, I got you a present. It's uh, a ticket to this kid rock concert. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no because that would mean that i would have had to give kid rock money Ugh. so what i should Fair. do is i should print up a ticket that looks like it could be a legit kid rock ticket so then they just get embarrassed and humiliated at the gates yes 
If there would be anything more embarrassing than going to a Kid Rock concert, it would it's be... going with a ticket, a bootleg ticket. It's being not allowed into the Kid Rock concert. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's there is the a really response. funny. There was a really funny tweet um, right after this was uh, announced. That was like, imagine being so racist that you pretend to like Kid Rock. And I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, okay, so Julia asks, did Marin get her fine art and is it now framed in gold? Julia, I am sorry that I didn't respond to you on Twitter. I did get my fine art and it is truly amazing. And I will be framing it, but I have not framed it yet. Uh, would you describe for the listeners what kind of art it is? It is a, uh, we can post a picture of it, but it is a tiny cartoon of Patrick Eves where he is uh, nothing but beard from his eyes down to his feet. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is truly, truly, truly outrageous. I love it. Uh, number, next, next question she had was, please discuss the pie that we ate and how you're going to send it to me. Uh, that question relates to, I don't know if people were following along with, I mean, I think we talked about it. No, we did not talk about it because we haven't done it yet. Uh, if you were following along on Twitter, uh, with our adventures, uh, two weeks ago, we, after doing the podcast, went to get dinner. And then after we did, went, got dinner, we went to get pie because what's best to follow barbecue than pie so we went to this really delicious place called emporium pie and uh it was amazing and i had the buttermilk pie that had caramel and it was like pretty fucking amazing is all i'm saying i had the coconut cream pie like i'm a huge coconut fan like i love coconut and it was delicious and it they called it the snowball and it was like you know normal coconut cream pie and then it had literally like a mound of whipped cream on top and then it was covered in toasted coconut it was super legit yeah this place was amazing if you guys ever have the chance to go you should because it was really good emporium Uh, in dallas almost recommend getting it to go though because then you can take it home warm it up and put ice cream on top of it and that would mm-hmm. be even better. uh and then the last question that she had was also if the stars were pie what type of pie would each player coach or whatever be uh i can answer that for ken hitchcock and ken hitchcock would probably be like i want to say something like a birdie bot to every flavor pie where like they kind of accidentally made it taste like dirt and grass but like accidentally because they made it with magic and it was like well like it was almost like the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty where they just tried and they kept fucking it up and then they were like eh, whatever it's a pie eat it no I feel like I feel like his pie would be very regimented I feel like he has like a one specific he has a specific definition of pie like he is like I want I only eat pies that have like two crusts like and like one ingredient inside like I feel like that's the kind of pie he would be. That's not the way I feel about it, but that's cool. I mean, we're allowed to have different ideas. I feel like you're like a bad mince is what you're saying. And I'm thinking more like, I only want classic American because it has to be American like apple pie and ideally six, four. 
Like that's I think there's he's got one specific definition of how hockey is played. So I feel like he has one specific definition. No, of how I, I get I get, I get the parallel you're making there. Yes, I get the parallel you're making. I just don't know what would be inside that pie. I feel like apple is probably sure apple. Apple Fine. would be. I feel like Jamie Ben would be some sort of maple and nut flavor. Would he be like a pecan pie, but made with maple syrup? Absolutely. That's how my mom makes it. Um, I that think sounds delicious. It is really good. I don't even like pecan pie very much, and it's really good. John Klingberg would probably be a lingonberry pie. Yes, absolutely. I feel absolutely. like... Well, Antoine Roussel is obviously a French silk. Uh, I feel like... Um, I feel like Spezza is probably something... Probably like a uh, pumpkin pie or something like that. Something with a lot of spice to it. Mm. Yeah. He could be a pumpkin pie. Yeah. What kind of pie would Roddick Foxa be? A meringue. Like a lemon meringue? Yeah. But like the six inch tall meringue. Oh yeah, totally. Definitely. No, that's got some height on it. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Sagan. He would be the pie from American Pie. Oh, God. He's clearly the pie from American Pie. You're welcome. (laughs) What can I say except you're welcome? (laughs) That's not even going to be all the imagery that we don't want to see tonight. No, it's not. Let's just move on. You can ask me the... Oh, well, why don't I ask you the next question since I haven't even seen them? Okay. Jen asks, how much better are the NWHL ASG jerseys than the NHLs? So much better. Uh, now I need to look. And you do need to look. So they are fucking oh. awesome. Oh, so they're doing blue and white as their, their team colors, right? But the, their gradients for both. And it's like, but it's not like a total like up and down gradient. Like you just fucking did it in Photoshop. It's like they've got like... Uh, layers of the colors in a gradient and they're really pretty fucking cool <laughs> okay well i'm not able to find these so i'll have to look well, at them later i will post a picture of them but they're pretty fucking awesome and it just kind of goes to show like the nnhl does some really cool things with jerseys and i feel like it's one of those things where it's like the nhl especially with adidas now is like so afraid of doing anything remotely interesting like the all-star game jerseys are just blah most of the outdoor game jerseys have just been blah like the caps released their outdoor game jersey just like this past week also and it's just like okay it's navy and then there are a red giant red stripe on the bottom and i'm like okay cool (laughs) right like it's just so blah uh, yeah, I mean, I I haven't really liked the NHL ones since they had the blue ones with the stars on them. Yeah. I liked the blue ones with the stars. Those at least had some personality. Right? Like, the also, NHL they had stars on them. Like, just trying their hardest to be the most mayonnaise league ever. It's like, hmm. Oh, no, can't use bell peppers in this chili. Too spicy. I just, I just had a really gross image of, like, the... NHL putting mayonnaise in their chili and then I kind of vomited in my mouth a little. What other things do you think the NHL put mayonnaise on? I think the NHL would put mayonnaise on their apple pie. I mean, they'd probably just make fucking mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> like bread, mayonnaise, a little bit of pepper for seasoning, and then another no, piece No, no, of no. Bread. Pepper, too spicy. A little bit of salt. 
I mean, no pepper. Cannot use pepper. Too spicy. It's a little bit better anyway. <laughs> a little bit of spite. A <laughs> little bit of spite. A little bit of, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. No, it's gross. It's super gross. They probably put mayonnaise in their coffee instead of half and half. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got this. I got this. All flesh is grass asks. Oh, good job! <laughs> I want to get into fancy stats, but I'm having a hard time understanding what I'm looking at when I look at numbers. Any suggestions for getting started? Well, I wrote um, one of my first actions as a Defending Big D uh, contributor was writing an introduction to fancy stats for people who do not have a stats background. So I would say a good place to get started is um, checking out how to read, like I included the definitions of what people are looking at. And I also included how to read some of the charts that um, people are people are putting out there. Specifically, I was trying to help people read Micah's because uh, at the time, and even now, he is one of the most prolific like bringer of like stat charts to uh, hockey Twitter. And, um, but uh, so th that would be a good, a great place to start. But then, like, I mean, especially if you are looking at somebody in particular, their graphs, their numbers, their things, if you just ask people to explain stuff, most of the people in the hockey graphs community are pretty cool about being like, okay, what, what are you not understanding? Like, let's go over, like, this is what this axis means. This is what this axis means. This is what we're looking at. Micah in particular, Mike, and I'm talking about Micah Blake McCurdy, uh, is great about explaining everything that he's doing. Um, and he also has a really great website that kind of explains um, what he's doing, what he's looking at, uh, how he comes up with his numbers uh, and all that. So, I mean, mm -hmm. just clicking around, it's really, you can find a lot of great resources just looking at some of the hockey stats guys and their Twitters and their website. Um, and one actually really, 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 really cool, um, like library basically for all of this stuff. Um, if you're wanting to get even deeper or just looking for even more tutorials, um, is a place called metahockey.com. And basically it's a repository of over 500 different articles on hockey stats. And they categorize everything by what type of article it is, um, the contents. So um, there's there are a couple other more tutorials on there as far as like what to read. Cause like, or if you're like interested in what um, wins above replacement is, you can like go look at through the archives and find articles on wins above replacement. Um, so if you want to get a little bit deeper into some of the learn reading as well, that's the best, absolute best place to go if you want more than just the surface level stuff. Cool. But I'm very excited. Yay. Welcome to the Fancy Stats community. Yay. So yeah, my turn next. Yeah. Pat Iverson asks, were General Shenanigan's actions on the mischief front of the nonsense wars justified or was his operation monkey business doomed to fail against the superior might of the hullabaloo forces that's pat iverson of pun fame if you uh aren't familiar with his i'm pretty work. sure we all i'm pretty sure we all know <laughs> if you're a dallas stars fan you probably understand what's going on here i feel like this kind of silliness will not be tolerated that's a really? We always we always tolerate the silliness. I was about to say. I don't even know how to respond to this question. Like, yeah, yes, Pat, you're a better punter than I will ever be. Thanks for rubbing it in my face. 
you are a better punter than uh, we will ever be. I would like to say, though, that I feel like his actions were doomed to fail because of the superior might of the hullabaloo forces. I don't feel like he was ever going to win the day um, with his general shenanigans. I've just, I've, I feel like they were a little too general. You needed some pointed shenanigans. <laughs> Some very specific folly. Yes, some very, very specific folly. (laughs) I'm just saying. All right. Next question. Woo! Blowing through these. Okay. (laughs) Steve asks, uh, can you say one word that comes to mind after reading this quote? And the quote is, it looks like Alf's nose from Stormy Daniels. Steve, I don't like you. I don't know who you are, but I don't like you. Uh, you do know. Uh, disgruntled Hopeful is the okay. story handle. I do know Our good friend is. Steve. Steve with a beard. Our good friend Steve. I don't think of him as Steve. Actually, I think of him as Disgruntled Hopeful. Well, no longer our good friend Steve. <laughs> yeah, you're you're out. You're out. This is... Uh, I think of What do you think of, Carolyn? Uh... So, mind bleach? I would like mind bleach, please. Yeah. So, here's the deal. I didn't know the context of this question. So, I saw it come through on our feed. And, like an idiot, I googled it. Don't google it, friends. Don't google it. No. Uh... Because, Marin, would you like to inform our, our listeners who Stormy Daniels is? Do I have to? Uh, I feel like I feel like we should just let them in, let them down gently. I don't want to. Stormy Daniels is a what? I mean, she was a hooker at the time, right? Uh, I thought she was a porn star, but she, she is a porn star. I didn't know what and under what context that she had met. She up was with a her. a sex worker of a type. She is a sex worker of a type, and she has decided that she feels like telling all about her time spent with Trump. So when she says that it looks like Alf's nose, she is specifically referring to a part of Trump's anatomy that I never want to think about, ever. Ever. Aren't you glad you listened to this podcast? No, nobody's glad. So yes, my word would be uh, brain bleach. Yeah, please. 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 Please, please, please. And I may block you, Steve. That's a, a joke, maybe. People are going to block us for this. So I feel like we should just pass it forward. Pass it back. Pass it back. Last question. Is that my turn um, or is your turn? I believe it's my turn. Okay. Which Del or Andrew L.A. asks, which Dallas star would be most likely to go to Halloween as a Monty Python character? If more than one, which character? Here's the thing. I feel like this would only apply to a certain segment of Dallas stars players. So I'm going to go with uh, Dan Hamhuse, Dan Dan the defense man. Uh, I'm all right with that. And I'm specifically saying that because he's one of the few Dallas stars players over 30. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like Monty Python has not had the same effect on the youths of today as it did on A, our parents, and then B, us, because of our parents. Right. 
I know my little sister can quote all the Monty Python things, but I don't know if like some of my other 20 something friends can. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that many people in their mid mid 20s anymore. No, I do. My entire new team at work is in their mid 20s. Um, I am the, I'm like Methuselah in my team at work. It's a little, there's a guy who just graduated from college like last year on my new team at work. And I'm like, I could be your mom. I mean, I would have been a teen pregnancy, but I could have been his mom. I met, I met a 22 year old on Friday at knitting club and I was like, you're so optimistic. You probably don't know who Stormy Daniels is. Remember when I was that young and full of hope? <laughs> right. Remember when I never I sure, heard that? I sure as fuck don't. <laughs> we'll never be that way again. No. I feel like, so if, I've, if we're going to say it's like only the over 30s, the only people who would possibly go would be like Dan Hamuse and Jason Spezza and maybe Martin Hansel. But like, I don't really feel like it'd be Martin Hansel. But I have a feeling. So here's my thing. I think it would be Dan Hamus, but I think he would convince Greg to go along with him. Yeah. They do everything together. They do. And he would be like in this knight's costume, and then he would like turn around and ha- like Greg is like in this like looking at him and looking back and forth between their costumes because Greg is in this like raggedy tunic and whatever, and he's like, I don't get it, and he's like, Dan's like, it's fine just clap these coconuts together and everybody will laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I think, how how it happens. Oh, it seems legit to me. And that's all our questions. Oh my god, we are out! That's so weird. We had such a long list of questions. I feel like we, I feel bad. I feel like maybe we flew through some of these a little bit fast, but hopefully I mean, do we have have anything that we want to go back to? No, I think we got, we covered them. Yeah. So just a bit of wrapping up business. So um, we are still collecting donations for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, So we are collecting them through the end of the month. And then I will be making one big lump donation to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I think we are very, very close to hitting $200. So any amount of money could help. Um, Again, that helps fund uh, blood cancer research. And thank you so much to all of our listeners who have already helped crowdfund A, um, our storage costs for a full year for the podcast, and Marin's lovely new mic, which sounds so good. Yay! It does sound good. I mean, I am assuming I haven't listened to it yet. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I mean, that's just a cause that's near and dear to my heart. So anything you can do to help would be amazing. And we really, really appreciate all that, all of your 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 good vibes and your listenership and everything so far and sticking with us this far (laughs) we really do we really do thank you for listening thank you for asking us questions thanks for supporting us in this endeavor we're ridiculous but we love you yeah i i don't quite understand how you guys stand us every week (laughs) or every two weeks i should say not at all I'm Carolyn. You can find me on Twitter at Class Listening. I am Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And you can send us uh, longer questions uh, at DepartHockey at gmail.com. And you can find our Tumblr at DepartHockey.tumblr.com and our official blog at 
thepartockey.wordpress.com. That's all we have for you this week. That's it. Thanks for playing. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>